Hello and welcome to the newly christened Rogue Chronicles. Yes, me and myself and Liam decided to come up with a, a better name for this podcast. Um, why not introduce the man himself now? Hello, my co-host, Liam Hall. My boys, my boys, my boys. Rogue Chronicles is back. It's no longer opinions on rogues. Yeah, we, I think we, we, we are we are new we are new lads. We're a new podcast and we're excited to continue this exciting journey. Yeah, um, following up on Daleks, we thought there'd be no better villain than Darth Vader. Mm. One of the it's not enigmatic anymore. I was going to say that it's not enigmatic anymore, but it was. It <laughs> was sort of back in the uh, late seventies, early eighties, before he was sort of flushed out a bit. But yeah, one of the the more imposing, I would say, villains. Yeah, absolutely. He was. Um, yeah, I mean, we kind of get onto it in a moment, but he was he was a hell of a hell of a figure. That's for sure. So we'll we'll just uh, get this out of the way straight away. You're not. I'm the big Star Wars fan out of the two. You're, you you have watched Star Wars, but you're not as big on it as I am, are you? Yeah, not 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 quite. Um, I I, I always quite enjoyed it, but um, I I, I actually feel, I actually arrived to it pretty late. I think I only saw um, the fourth like well, the original film. I think in 2012, maybe. Oh right. So how old would you have been? Uh, I would have been maybe 15, 16. I, oh, I right, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I arrived at it so late. Because I've I seen like, bits of the prequel trilogy, but like I don't know, I just never really got into the whole kind of mythology of it. I'm, my dad was never really much of a fan. so. Um... But yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it when I saw it, and I thought, wow, this is a really, really good film. And I saw the other ones, and I was like, damn, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I think from people in your sort of generation particularly, Star Wars was probably spoiled a little bit by the prequels because they weren't as well received and not as fondly looked upon as the uh, the original trilogy. So, uh, so, so from other people I've spoken to around your sort of age range, they, they do tend to be, you know, I wasn't sure about Star Wars because the, the films that came out in their time weren't so great, but then I went back and saw A New Hope and I was like, oh, this is actually really good. Mm, well, because I, for some reason, whenever I saw it, I, I always thought it was, um, I always thought it was like a children's film because it just kind of seemed very cartoonish. And I, I think when you get to a certain age, you don't really want to watch children's, you know, quote unquote children's things anymore. So I was just like, what's the point? Like, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, this isn't really for my age anymore. <laughs> Little did I know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you can get in your sort of teens and that you can get quite snobbish about things. And yeah, I'm I'm no, I'm nearly I'm fifteen or I'm nearly fifteen now. I want to watch fifteen rated movies. Yeah. Damn it! Exactly. I want to watch bloody Borat, but I was stuck with bloody um Star Wars. But I, in, in the end, I don't think I was really much of a curse. But you know, like you you see the prequels, and you see people like Jar Jar Binks, and you're just like, what 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 is this? Like I I, I always heard like Star Wars this is this is badass kind of thing like with loads of lightsaber fights. We just see him kind of like mean things there. And he's just like, oh my God. That's actually that's actually quite a good impression. <laughs> Special <laughs> guest Jar Jar Binks, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I, I have I have often been called Jar Jar Binks a rogue opinion. So um, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's a very good, it's a very apt comparison. He thought he thought it was a compliment for years. Bless him. Yeah. <laughs> Little did I know. 
But yeah, apparently George Lucas wanted a character that uh, children would like and relate to. But I think he mis—I think he misread the room on that one. Yeah. <laughs> to be I mean, honest. I mean, if there's anything that you, anything that kind of defines um, George Lucas, I think it's misreading situations. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, we'll kind of get into that as we go on. I think. But but was Star Wars your first um, introduction to Darth Vader, or were you aware of that character before you'd seen the the film? Oh yeah, I, I was always aware of him. Like he was in um, a lot of my friends have the Star Wars video games, and you, you kind of see him parodied everywhere. And I, I think the first time I really kind of like saw a Star Wars reference was in like I think it was the movie Robots, which I, I think it's like one of his animated Robin Williams videos, and it's just. I, I I never really understood it because it, it's just this guy talking about like no I am your father and I'm just like what what, what why <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's one of those sort of lines that sort of transcended Star Wars and used a lot in for jokes and parodies and, yeah and stuff he, um, he was kind of on the same level of like Rey Mysterio for me I knew who he was but I had no idea what he was if that makes sense yeah but it just shows you how iconic. The, the Darth Vader character is that you don't necessarily have to have watched Star Wars and been a Star Wars fan to know who he is and um, to have heard of him. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think we need to dive deeper into this character. Yeah, uh, before, uh, before Wait, we actually, go, I, I, I meant to ask, what, what, what was your first impression? Sorry. How rude. My, oh, it, it, it's a tough one because I, I was very young. But I was aware. For, I was aware of him from a, a very early age. I think I've got memories as far back, maybe as far back as three years old or so. Because I remember, oh, I remember, um, I was around three when Return of the Jedi uh, came out, and I, I've got vague memories of. I don't know my exact age, but I've just got vague memories of being in Tesco, and he was everywhere. Because mm. uh, I'm assuming it's because that film was coming out or or out, um, and you know there's butty box, you know kids' butty boxes with Darth Vader's face on, um, t-shirts. Yeah, there's there's quite a thing back in. I don't know if that's prevalent today, but you get like little school sandwich boxes, and you could they'd have all sorts of. Um, Sort of pictures and that on from popular culture, but yeah, you 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 name it. There was there was aisles full of uh, Darth Vader stuff, and I I, oh, yeah, I thought I, I it, at that yeah. particular time, I, I always thought it was Dark Vader because <laughs> what's a Darth? <laughs> I mean, what's a Darth? I didn't know what a flipping Darth was at that age. To be honest, I think I probably have the same thought. <laughs> in fairness, it is a very weird kind of. Mm, it is a, it, it is a very weird name. Yeah, I it's like a. It's like what they call the Sith, but the Sith wasn't really a an actual thing, and I'm not even sure the Sith is mentioned yeah. until really, until really the prequels. Um, the, well, in the films, anyway, there might have been another another media, which uh, you know, my young age, I wouldn't have really delved into back then. But um, but yeah, uh, and also the Empire. For some reason, you didn't see the other films much, but The Empire Strikes Back was always on telly. telly. Mm. So maybe, even if I probably wouldn't have watched them all the way through at young ages, but from very young age, I'd, I'd seen parts of that film and I'd seen Darth Vader, 
on advertisements and and adverts. See, there was a there was a tune ad, advert for tunes, a sort of menthol sweet you you can use to help clear your sinuses. There was a famous famous advert for tunes featuring Darth Vader back in the late eighties, early nineties. I want to say. Again, you know, thing these sort of things tend to bleed into each other. So I might mm. get dates. I might be a bit out on some of my dates. Possibly, but I, it's kind of weird looking back at um, Star Wars, seeing kind of how much it was kind of perfect for the time. Because like, I, I, I don't think anyone actually expected it to succeed. Because it's kind of this, it's a kind of like a western, but it's just this kind of wacky kind of space opera thing. And I, I, apparently, no one really thought it would be successful at the time and he, I, I think there's actually quite a few changes to the original um uh, editing which kind of changed the film dramatically no well yeah he's gone back and he's he's added sort of special effects more mm. more than anything it's not it's not really been dramatic changes that have altered the the plots or the story I, mean, I, 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 I don't but... even mean that i mean like i think the um the original cut by um, George Lucas was, was was in a completely different order to what it was originally, I, I, I believe. Ah, right. I didn't know that, but you've done a bit more on the study of films. I know they added um, Han Solo bla- blasting uh, the bounty hunter. <laughs> They've added uh, Jabba the Hutt in a scene on on uh, mm. A New Hope where where he wasn't in it. Um, sort of various sort of background stormtroopers and uh, CGI animals and and stuff to to fill out the background um a bit more yeah we'll, 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 we'll get on to that period of star wars don't don't you worry <laughs> <laughs> well we won't probably won't need to mention it too much but um yeah so yeah darth vader was sort of introduced in a in a new hope um Mm. In nineteen, well, nineteen seventy-seven was when the film was released. It was obviously probably made around seventy-five sort of time, <clears throat> give or take. But yeah, the idea at first was just to have a, a sort of imposing, like, general figure. And he went through through a few designs initially. He's only meant to be in that that sort of opening that opening scene where they. Um, board Leia's ship and and, mm. and sort of take him host and sort of take him hostage, um, but they like the design so much and the character so much, so he he instead became the sort of main antagonist of the of the film. Yeah, and I, I think the introduction to him is, is very important because he comes out of that, that mist and he's just yeah, it's just perfect, isn't it? He's a badass figure, and and I mean, he's—I I think you mentioned—he's incredibly imposing. I think David Prowse was six foot seven at the time. Well, I've gone down to six foot five, but mm. um, it, it's around there. Yeah, he's also a power lifter, so he was yeah. a big, big, big man. Yeah, I, 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 did you see the original version of when David Prowse was um, providing the dialogue for the film? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, West Midlands Vader is something which um, I never thought I really needed in my life. I mean, it's it it for, for the actor himself. It's it's unfortunate that he was dubbed over, and even more unfortunate mm-hmm. that apparently he was never told. He just he sat there for the premiere premiere viewing, and <laughs> it wasn't his voice that came out of Vader, but no, it wouldn't it wouldn't have worked. No, not, yeah, not I, with I, I, I wouldn't love to imagine though that David Prowse just thought that was his voice. 
yeah. I, I started, I started like, what? Yeah, I was like, oh man, like, I, I should go into voice acting or something. <laughs> I mean, that's, to be fair, we've all heard ourselves. I mean, I've listened to myself back on pods and that, and I'm thinking, Christ, how can anyone listen to my voice? Jesus. Oh, literally the same. Yeah, I, I, I'm like, Jesus, I, I sound like this. Oh, my God. I mean, if I listen to myself too often, I, I definitely can't be doing podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I just can't. I just can't. Yeah. But I've been told I've got a nice voice by people, so I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, li- I like your voice. But, um, yeah, you know, I mean, David Prowse, I mean, you know, he, he was kind of perfect for the physical role of Vader. And I think he actually performed a lot, a lot of the stunts very, very well. Um, but I mean, how important is the voice? Uh, the voice is probably the most, well, not the most important, but one of the most important. Um, the voice, um, uh, voiced by legendary actor uh, James Earl Jones. Mm. Um, yeah, and his, his sort of tones work really well. And he, in a, in an interview, he explains it quite well. He goes, he wanted a, he wanted a darker tone for Darth Vader. And he goes, but not, not darker ethically. As you know, but dark, you know, but darker in, in sort of tone, as in, yeah, yeah, as in sort of darker in an evil sort of way, and it, yeah, it just works perfectly for the for the character. Yeah, it feels very cold. It feels very like, you know, it, it's a, it's a very scary voice, and I think accompanied with music, and I think I think the directing of Vader is absolutely fantastic. I have to say, like for mm. someone who doesn't have any facial expressions, I think David Pass does a very good job of kind of showing the kind of feelings. So I, I think it's part part of the directing, part of the body language. David Pass, really yeah, it provides a lot of depth to him. And I think yeah, depth, depth is something we're going to come to, and I think it's kind of a blessing and a curse for Vader. Yeah, you have to show a lot with like subtle movements don't you like a a Mm. cock of the head or a a gesture of the arm because as you say which we'll we'll get to now um because his face is completely covered by that mask and again like the voice the mask is such an important part uh the aesthetic and overall look of darth vader it's 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 kind of in inhuman like and you never really see him with the mask off there's once when he's in some sort of machine, when you see the back of his head uncovered in mm. Empire Strikes Back, and obviously at the end of Return of the Jedi, but in the original trilogy, you don't really see him uncovered, as, as I say, until the, the very end of the, the, the third film. Yeah, and so I think that kind of element, like, cause I think for a while, I, I just assumed he was, a, I wasn't too sure if he was a robot or a human. It's kind of a bit of, I mean, I feel first like with a lot of villains, there's a kind of inhuman but also human element to them. It's kind of a weird kind of middle ground for them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you don't really know, and I think again that was another part of uh, his appeal, uh, especially in the first, um, probably first first film especially, um, mm. because as I said, you. you it's not very. It's not really fleshed out in that way. You you don't really know a massive amount about him. Yeah, and, and that kind of, I mean, I think you kind of alluded to at the beginning. The enigmatic nature of him is kind of is very effective. Mm. Um. So yeah, uh, but but then I think 
also the way he's been fleshed out over the years has helped as well. But I think that's probably been done in the right order for people like me, and it's mm. been reverse because it's been reverse engineered for people like me. Uh, maybe people like you or people your age or younger might might know him more as Anakin Skywalker from the from the Clone Wars, and they've seen him progress to Darth Vader in the in the sort of chronological way, which might mm-hmm. give you a different which might give you a different perspective of the character overall, rather than someone like me who's seen who's seen that reverse engineered. Yeah, well, here's a question. As you kind of mentioned the the prequel films do you think we needed a backstory of vader like if you take the prequel films out of it do you think we needed um a backstory not really no um maybe not starting him off as a child maybe mm. maybe they could have come in while when he was already a jedi and and train him with obi-wan just so there's a little bit more mythology and where he exactly came from if that makes sense but yeah. i don't think we needed the whole he was conceived by the midi-chlorians and and all that and he's not helped and he's not helped either by very wooden performances um by both actors who sort of portrayed him uh in the prequels as well yeah, so I, I know there's an awful lot of criticism towards um, Hayden Christensen, who I, I think has actually gone on to have a bit of um, there's a bit of a cult following around his performance. So I think there's been a slight reappraisal, but I think I think he was definitely kind of defined as a bit of a poor actor, especially in those prequel films. Yeah, to be um, to be fair to him, uh, he probably wasn't helped overly mm. by the script and direction as well. I mean, George Lucas is known for his sort of dodgy dodgy <laughs> script yeah and uh, apparently he doesn't really give much direction to the actors i know that's kind of something that um like i think a very inexperienced um mm. oh, who, who's who plays luke again my memory is kind of fading from me mark hamill mark hamill yeah I, I think he kind of struggled with kind of bringing that character to life and i think he kind of he came across as a bit of a pretty bad actor but i mean as he showed kind of later on he did have quite a bit of talent but I, I think he wasn't really helped at all yeah he, he Hamilton gets better as the films progress he he mm. is sort of very as i say he's quite wooden in the first film but empire strikes back and then by return of the jedi he's he's actually all right he's perhaps he perhaps knows the character and motivation a bit better by that point because as i say even his sort of character and that's a bit more fleshed out by the the sequels because no, you know, no one thought Star Wars was going to succeed. They all thought it would flop. So, mm. you know, there wasn't a lot of backstory. Yeah, there wasn't a huge <laughs> amount of backstory and stuff given to a lot of characters. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that the first film was, I mean, this kind of a bit of an off point. But I think they're very lucky to have someone like Harrison Ford who can just kind of carry the film in terms of charisma. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one thing. Um, the sequels lacked um, mm. and why the first one was is so good compared to the others. Uh, well, one of the reasons anyway, script and that don't help, but you know, you're going to miss a, an actor of Harrison Ford's quality and that, yeah. and, and that character as well. Yeah. Cause I mean like, um, you know, Liam Neeson and Ewan McGregor are fine actors. And 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 I mean, Ewan McGregor, Ewan McGregor kind of holds up pretty well. I, I I don't know if I'm actually pronouncing his name right. So I'm sorry. Ewan. 
Ewan. Oh, sorry. I, I, I have a friend called Ewan. Um, but yeah, so it's... I think the first one kind of holds up pretty well because it's quite fast-paced, so you, you don't, mean, you don't mm. really dwell on some things. But I think the second and third one in particular kind of, they do kind of lag at some points, I seem to remember. Like, even as a child, I seem to remember it lagging quite a little bit. Well, I kind of meant the sequels, not the prequels, so... Oh, sorry, my mistake. Right, right, right. Yeah, but, yeah, this, 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 the sequels are the subject for another day. It's easy, it's easy, it's easy to sort of get confused. But he's he's a he's a, he's a presence in a way in the in the sequels. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, Kylo Ren sort of take who's in uh, in the movie canon, uh, Darth Vader's grandson, um, Princess Leia's. Princess Leia Han Solo's son, and he sort of takes inspiration with his turn to the dark side and his his mask and cape from the dark, you know, from Darth Vader, and he even has his sort of half melted hel- helmet there as well. Yeah, but because but... it takes inspiration inspiration from Vader. Yeah, and um. I, I, and I think we kind of mentioned it in the last in in the first episode. Like, there's a lot of kind of Nazi and kind of far right kind of influences on the characters of like you know Vader and um, and 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 the Sith in particular. You know, and the First Order. They all kind of seem very yeah Nazi and Hitler influenced. The Imperial, like the Stormtroopers. The I know they're white, mm. but they're pre- they're pretty much SS troopers in in all but name, really. Yeah, pretty much. And, and I mean, Vader himself is kind of a very, there's something about him which kind of emits, I mean, I, I, I don't think Hitler was particularly very tall, but there's something about him which is very just, you know, kind of evil. Yeah, well, you could maybe even compare him to someone more like, because he, he has a, he does have a, a master that's briefly mentioned in the first and mm. more more sort of realised in the and the follow-ups so that that would perhaps be a hitler and he's he's almost like a maybe a goebbels or Himmler yeah. sort of sort of character you know to... that makes a lot more sense yeah hmm. yeah but I, I i never really i never really um thought of that in fairness but yeah i, I think maybe goebbels is maybe a bit of a better comparison if we're going by the nazi kind of because, because as like imposing and powerful he is, he is he is kind of blindly following his, mm. his sort of his, his master, which is the emperor. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's it's the pre. I mean, going back to the prequels, it's a very kind of weird journey because if you look at the like the arc on paper, a lot of it kind of makes sense. It's like from the second film to the third film, but it kind of feels like the first one just kind of feels like a bit of. In terms of Veng- in terms not Venger, in terms of <laughs> in terms of <laughs> Vader's um, evolution, it kind of just feels like a bit of a weird choice. Yeah, I, I think it would have been better maybe as like a mini series. I mm. mean, movies were the way to do things back in the day, but now with um, you, you see films like uh, films, TV programs like Game of Thrones, for example, that have such a big budget thrown at them, and a series that you got an hour. And maybe ten episodes plus, uh, you've got more. You've got more time to construct, lay out a plot, and for things to develop more naturally in the film. You've got mm-hmm. if you've got a sequel, maybe you got two, maybe four hours um, to shoot on a, a lot of character development. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think, and I think character development is very, very difficult to do. In fact, I think that's one thing that um, the sequel films actually does very well with um, Kylo Ren. I, I feel like they, at least in the first film, developed his character very mm. in, in a very compelling way. I think the prequels kind of, I, I, I think on paper they did a good job, but I think Lucas's execution of of this kind of evolution did not go particularly well. But I think also, um, which I've seen and you probably haven't, is the, um, the animated series, The Clone mm. Wars. That really helped to flesh out um, Anakin's character in his arc as well. He's he's given a, a pad a Padawan, which is a, a Jedi apprentice. Mm. It becomes quite it's become quite big in the um, Star Wars. Star Wars lore now, even outside the Clone Wars, who's Ahsoka Tano. We won't mention her too much here because it's more about Vader. But um, you, you see things in that that sort of help with his distrust of the Jedi Council and mm. and what would help sort of push him towards the dark side. It's, it's Padawan's accused of something she's innocent of. And Anakin um, believes she's innocent, but nobody else seems to and they sort of expel her from the jedi order um without really giving you know without even giving her the benefit of the doubt almost and that and you can tell that pisses anakin off mm. so that's another that's another thing and he never really gets on with mace windu there's always especially when you see the 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 two, the, the two sequels to phantom menace Mace is, he's always wary of Anakin. He never really trusts him, and that sort of that's always going to work both ways. Mm. Yeah. So, 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 what do you think the animated series does better than the prequels in terms of that kind of character? Is it just kind of just just kind of make his motivation kind of seem more realistic? A little bit, yeah. But it also shows the time because we talk about him being this war hero in the Clone Wars. So, you, mm. so you get to see what. That sort of Anakin in his sort of twenties, twenties was like was like, and yeah, as you say, you, you sort of you see sort of subtle things and there's episodes that sort of delve into his potential future, future and stuff as well. I don't want to give too much away. I mean, if you're seeing it, you'll understand what I'm saying. If you haven't seen them, you, you probably don't know what I'm waffling on about. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That, that makes sense. But I it mean... is. It, it. But it. Yeah, it is quite interesting. But yeah, basically, it's it's sort of mistrust with the the Jedi Council, the fact that. He wants to try and save his wife, Padme, because he learns that um, she's going to die from these sort of false prophecies he has in his dreams. And he knows it's not the Jedi way to help them. But then you have Emperor Palpatine, who unaware to the Jedi, the viewer knows, but the Jedi don't that he's really the Sith Lord, Darth Sidious, who's been pulling all these strings mm. to for years to create this galactic empire he offers him a you know he's sort of he's always this like friendly guy for Anakin to lean on giving him advice and um, maybe sort of bad advice in a way but it seems good if that if that makes sense he sort of he sort of mm. 
manipulating. You sort of see how he manipulates Anakin. Um, he's, he's kind of like a bit of a father figure to him, almost. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because that always kind of seemed very... Um, the relationship between them kind of... It's very... Um, I mean, again, it kind of is kind of very reminiscent of some, like, uh, excuse me, some kind of Nazi kind of propaganda, almost. Like, mm. you, you kind of want, you know, you, you want a leader who you can kind of trust, but it's almost like, you know, more more your father, more more of what your father should be than your actual father. Well, yeah, he never had a dad, and he sees uh, Palpatine as a surrogate father. Palpatine knows this and he uses that to his advantage in a mm. nefarious way is perhaps the the best way you know putting ideas into his head that you know and um sort of and i think that's probably what the pre the prequels do better than they do with explaining darth vader they do better more explaining how palpatine worked and got control of the galaxy and mm. how he sort of manipulated events including Anakin to to get everything exactly where he wanted them yeah because I think that element always seemed quite interesting and I think there's elements of Anakin's character which kind of is is interesting but I think it's also clouded by a lot of weird kind of stuff whether it be um the characterization of mm. anakin because i mean he had a bit of a reputation thing for being a bit of a whiny bitch if you excuse my french yeah well the trouble was it, it was a last minute decision to make his turn to the dark side more about trying to save uh save mm. his wife from from death and they were and a lot of stuff was done in kind of rushed reshoots so that 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 probably oh, really? didn't oh. yeah so that probably didn't help um help how a lot of it uh, sort of comes across on screen. Yeah, because it always seemed a bit kind of just out of nowhere, and, and it doesn't really feel like it doesn't really feel. It's a bit forced. It's a it's a bit forced, yeah. isn't it? Which I, I I don't think like because on paper like that kind of works. You're like okay, like I can kind of see that, but that's, that's what I, yeah, that's what I say. It's something that needed a couple of films or a series to really to really flesh out and, mm. and see develop over. A longer sort of period of time, yeah. But sort of Palpatine, you know, offers him a way that you know there there are ways to help people, you know, um, live longer or cheat death. And then, and when he says that, he kind of reveals himself to be the Sith. Yeah. And then Anakin goes back and tells uh, the Council mostly wouldn't do. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, Palpatine is the Sith Lord and they go to arrest him, but he refuses to be, he resists arrest and ends up in a in a fight. And then Anakin's left with a, a choice. Does he let Mace Windu kill him? And if he does, he loses his only chance to save Padme. Or does he um, stop Windu and, and help... Who he knows is this evil Sith Lord. It's uh, it's it's a, mm. it's a strange choice, and it might have been, he perhaps could have explored it a little bit better, but it's all rushed in this moment. And I always wonder if Palpatine could have beaten Windu in their fight, but he's sort of letting him look like he's winning to further manipulate Anakin mm. into his journey into the dark side. If you know what I mean. Because when Anakin intervenes, he sort of beats Windu quite easily when he throws him out the window with his force lightning thing. 
<laughs> I've forgotten about that. Yeah, but, but that's actually a very interesting point. I think that probably was on purpose, which is quite it's a nice little kind of detail to the intelligence of that emperor character. And he's almost because because he's he, he's he's sort of um, I can't think of the word I want now. It's just shit when you're on a podcast, <laughs> but because of. You can sort of empathise with Anakin in a way because it, when he inter- intervenes and helps kill Windu, he sort of he's crossed the line. He perhaps doesn't feel he could ever go back from from that point. Mm. Yeah, it kind of feels like um, you know it, it, he's he's definitely at a bit of a crossroads with, with that kind of point, like like you say. Yeah, I'm not completely convinced he wants he wants to kill all like the the Jedi younglings and really be a Sith, but I think because of his actions, he's he feels he's got no choice. Mm. And I have to say that that scene where he's kind of when he finally turns to the dark side, and you kind of there's almost a bit of a reference to the original trilogy when you kind of see just his one eye and the rest of his yeah. face is like shrouded in darkness. I I think that's a really cool shot, and I actually I, I think that's one of probably one of the best shots of that trilogy. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, and then he's and then he's further, and then he's further fucked after his um, duel with Obi Wan because he's he's pretty much left for dead, and the Emperor rebuilds him into that suit, which I'm I I believe sort of makes him more dependent on the Emperor because of yeah. that. And he's he's all you know whether he wants to be or not he's he's all in. Um, I think he kind of buries Anakin. He becomes Darth Vader, as in a, a whole new person and character within himself. If that makes if that makes sense, that's this is how I mm. see it. This is how I sort of see it. Anyway, people might have different opinions and and say I'm wrong, but um, I almost think he sees Darth Vader as a a different. Person, uh, Anakin. When he becomes Darth Vader, he sort of sees Anakin Skywalker as almost a completely different person, rather than his former self. If that, if I'm making sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think the kind of, I mean, I feel like the moment where he like just shouts "no" kind of ruins the character a little bit. Yeah, it, it did. It didn't really need. Which is very, which is that, a very strange but... comment, but it just doesn't feel, doesn't just doesn't feel necessary. But at the same time, you also see um, his power as well, don't you? When he when he does mm. do the no, how his anger in the force sort of basically destroys that room. And... Yeah. Do you? Do you? Right, this is a bit off topic. Do you think kind of George Lucas is kind of retrospective, almost wanting to kind of expand the universe or similar to kind of how jk rowling kind of has do you think it's kind of ruined elements of the original trilogy uh i don't know it's hard to say i find it all quite fascinating so i won't say it's ruined it i just i just don't think it was realized on screen as perhaps as well as it could have been mm, yeah because so, i mean thing is George Lucas is a good director. I mean, he's he's, mm. he's good films. I mean, American Graffiti and the first Star Wars are kind of a test of that. Even if you know, as I kind of mentioned, the original Star Wars kind of had a lot of rejigging from the editor. But um, yeah, for some reason, just the prequels just didn't work. I don't know if it's. I mean, there's also a bit of an artificial element. With so there's so much CGI in those films. 
Yeah, but he liked his. He really did like his CGI. Yeah, and, um, and it hasn't hasn't particularly aged very well. Because a lot of people who don't like the sequels sort of go, oh, wish Judge Lucas had done them now, but they forget what how much they hated the prequels and mm. what a mess they said he made of them. So, <laughs> oh. um, you know, on paper he might have had some good ideas for the sequels, but if he'd have direct, you know, written and directed them, would they have been realised as as well as you would have hoped? Yeah, so I feel. I mean, the, the the sequels are something that is, I think, is very divisive, and I think probably quite rightly, in all honesty. Um, but in, in terms of if, we, if we're just talking purely special effects, I think they were, I thought they were pretty great, to be honest. Mm. The, the um, best Star Wars for me uh, is probably the wow. Empire Strike. It's probably the Empire Strikes Back, the the, oh, right. the second one. Mm. Yeah, but, but that's a that's a brilliant film. There's lots of little nice kind of foreshadowing and the kind of. Mm. The symbolism of that film was particularly great at some points. And then and for that, me, oh, so, I think we also need to talk about the twist at some point as well. Yeah, that's what I'm going to get to. Uh, okay, I, th- I think we're on about the same, the same thing here when you hear the twist. But I think Empire Strikes Back is sort of Darth Vader's sort of finest hour in a sense. You, you really see his true power and what he's capable of, the full extent of his evil in those films and yeah the sort of twist the, the the i am your father twist is that is that what we were getting to or did you have something else in mind no that that was what i was getting to i i actually just want to make one more mention of an instance of vader which i thought was really effective um and it's the moments in um the oh, that bloody star wars film where where it's the war i don't know what is it called the war yeah it's like um the Ro- rogue one Oh, Rogue One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I thought his kind of little kind of cameo in that was extremely effective. I I, I really enjoyed that, and I think that was a kind of a perfect use of that character. Uh, do you mean the one right at the end where he's... Um... Yeah, he's come through and he starts murdering all those people. And that, yeah. That feels, that, that, that feels kind of what everyone thought Vader was in those people, in, in the original trilogy. He just feels like a badass mm. and an extremely powerful yeah. figure. Empire Strikes Back, that is probably... It's greatest moment on film is he, you just see the the true extent of uh, of his power and skills where there's all these merc- mercenaries and mm. it's just Vader on his own and he's cutting through them like like their butter basically it's he's using his force powers to to mm. throw them and hold them in the air he's batting them back with his lightsaber and it's what a two minute scene but it really shows how yeah how how powerful and imposing he really is yeah it's, it's, it's really it's really good um but yeah um lucas kind of says it was always a plan but a lot of experts and um f- filmographers and that when looking back at the first star wars um, the new hope they 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 don't think it was they think it was like a very late decision and i think and apparently scripts and storyboards and that show it was quite a late decision for that for that yeah. twist but it does work i mm. think I, I think it is a good twist i think it adds depth to vader and and in and in turn um the luke skywalk character as well i think only i i believe only f- like only think three or four of the actors actually knew the twist when they actually came to filming the scene. Only George Lucas, the direct, 
director because someone else directed it. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I always forget his name. Um, I think it's the only major feature film he ever directed. He was uh, uh, Judge. Yeah, he was Judge Lucas's teacher um, at film college, apparently. Um, I think you're right. Um, but he does such a good job. It's why that, probably why that's a standout. One of the reasons why that's a standout film. Um, and uh, the and James Earl Jones. I think they're the only three you actually knew. Because um, apparently, goes into Hamill. Um, David Prowess delivered a different line, and Mark <laughs> Hamill just did the just did the nose. God, poor, poor David, poor David Prowse. He really gets some. I think out of the party. I think his line was. I think Hamill says, "No, you killed my father." And Prowess's line was, "No, Obi Wan killed your father." Yes, I think that's right. Which almost, has, which does have a sort of hint of truth in it, in a way, when you watch Revenge of the uh, Revenge of the Sith. Mm. He, he doesn't actually kill um, Anakin physically, but I think you know because he defeats him so soundly in that battle and leaves him for dead. He he's pretty much killed his spirit, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, yeah, that, that is an interesting idea uh, for sure. But um, I, I mean, that is that is this one of the greatest twists of all time? Would you say? I think it is because you, when um, when you watch it for the first time, not know it, you know, not knowing before all the prequels and anything else was done, then yeah, you know, you don't see it coming. Mm. Obviously, obviously now it, it's lost a bit of its, its impact because pretty, pretty much everybody knows. Yeah. Even if you haven't seen Star Wars, it's just one of those things you you tend to know, isn't it? Yeah, it, absolutely. It is very amusing though watching um, kids react to seeing the twist for the first time. There's a compilation on YouTube of just kids. Oh right, to it, and never... it's it's so it's so satisfying to watch. But you're like, because you're like Luke yourself, because Vader's so evil. You 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 don't want to believe it yourself. Mm. Yeah, it, it kind of. It's a very unexpected um, kind of, you know, it's a very unexpected twist and also a bit of layering to the character. Mm. How can this monster be Luke Skywalker's dad? It just, it doesn't make sense. Mm. And I think this is a period where, like, a backstory and a bit of, like, layering actually helps the character. Yeah, yeah. For all we talk about how enigmatic he is, that small bit of information kind of it opened, a whole new level. Open Pandora's box, so to speak, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I mean, I mean, you, you kind of mentioned how influential it is. How, what do you think um, Vader's impact on pop, on pop culture overall has been? I, I think it's immeasurable. It's just been huge, as you mm. say, is he, because of his because of his costume and look and the voice. He's he's he sort of stood the test of time. Uh, he's almost ageless in a way because you can't. You know, in full suit, you, you can't you can't see how old he is, and mm. uh, and the suits the suits aged really well, to be honest. It's because it's space, you know, because it's all set in space and whatnot. It, it's almost giving him a sort of a timeless quality, almost. Yeah, absolutely. He kind of feels 
it doesn't really matter when he when it is. He can be like a slow, like bumbling guy, but he just the power of it kind of remnants. But then you see some version where it's kind of more slim and he's fast and he's powerful and he just the costuming is a stroke of genius and I, I think it really mm. kind of adds a lot. Now I, I think we also need to give a special mention to um, when he finally takes his mask off, um, which which I think is probably a bit of a huge risk. You know, you, you have this iconic masked character and you unmask him. Yeah, because the then um, yeah, he has like a redemption arc in the uh, mm. in the last of the original trilogy where um, I think he starts to make a connection with his son, uh, Mark uh, Luke Skywalker, and I think that sort of makes him and helps him remember who he was before he became Vader. Going back to how he sort of shoved um, Anakin so far down his sort of soul that he's forgotten who Anakin was and that he was ever was Anakin. But then mm. he makes this connection with his son and that sort of brings that back. And I think he starts to remember that perhaps he wasn't always this monster. If I'm, you know, if I'm making, I keep saying this, but hopefully I'm making sense with these analogies. And um... No, absolutely, yeah. I, I, I completely agree. And I think... Do you think um, almost making him a redeemed figure kind of actually yeah. helps popularity? It, it might have, actually, yeah. And it uh, gives more reason for the, the, the prequels and the, the Clone Wars and that, where they've sort of um, fleshed him out a bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, if it, in terms of if we're talking about um, impacts, um, the American Film Institute raised him third in the greatest villain of all time. Mm. Uh, I mean, that's probably fair. Get to. Yeah, behind um, some other people we're probably going to get to in Hannibal Lecter and Norman Bates. Because so, he's um, kind of, as I say, he's, he's kind of redeemed, so that, that mm. sort of takes a little bit of the edge off his overall villainous um, in the end, I suppose. But yeah, they, they try and turn Luke to the to the dark side, Luke this time in a rematch defeats Vader in a lightsaber duel, and because he won't turn, the Emperor uses his Force lightning to, to to kill Luke, and obviously seeing his son in so much pain was a step too far for Vader, and he turns against his master to help his son. Yeah, which is which is of... something you can see happening. You know, it's mm. it. It's a realistic end, I think. Mm. Yeah, and then I, I, I kind of mentioned like earlier, like the body language of Prowse, kind of, and and also the directing. Um, I, again, I can't really remember the director's name, um, but I, I think the directing and the body language really kind of portrays, um, you know, this kind of good and like this kind of, you know, almost a bit of pathos, a bit of regret in mm. the character, and I think it kind of. It, it makes the, the switch back to being a redeemed figure very, very natural. But, um, yeah, as you say, he's unmasked. It's a different actor yet again under the under the mask. They wanted, mm. they, they wanted somebody, uh, perhaps a better actor, to, to, to play him under the, from under the mask. Yes, um, it was Sebastian Shaw, yeah. uh, I'm reading. And he was sort of, and the suit's irreparably damaged from uh, the Emperor's sword lightning and probably his battle with Luke as well. 
So he 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 knows he's about to die, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think the line that he kind of says, like, I want to look at my son one more time with mm. my own eyes. I think that's that's such a brilliant line. It's a very poignant line, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, people are very critical of um, George Lucas. I, 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 mean, I mean, Lawrence Kasdan has to have a lot of credit as well. I think he's kind of, in fact, now credited, credited a bit more with Star Wars than George Lucas is. Um, yeah, I feel like that was a mm. really fantastic, brilliant line. I think this is the highest grossing film of all time at, um, at the time of release. I could be wrong. No, I think it probably was. I think you, I think you could be right there. Yeah, or well, maybe, maybe the first film might have um, might have pipped it perhaps maybe slightly. It was. It's certainly up oh, there. It's it this one. I think. I think. I think it was the highest grossing sequel of all time at its at its release. I think. I think that might be the. I think that might be the one you're looking for. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So I think it's four hundred seventy million from a thirty-two million budget, which is, is I mean, for thirty-two million, is still be they got an awful lot out of that. I think that's a crazy amount of profit, isn't it? And it's yeah. probably made, and it's and it's made a hell of a lot more since since then as well. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the first because people forget that they give you crazy. these they give you these box office sort of takings, but then. You've got all the merchandising rights, which they fearlessly mm. signed, signed over to <laughs> George Luke. <laughs> oh, I, bet so, I bet someone got I bet someone got a firing over that. Yeah, man, he, he must have made so much money out of this. And you, you know what? I, I, at the end of the day, it's his creation. I guess he kind of deserves. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think he funded. I think he self-funded the sequel as well because he didn't want he didn't want studio interference. Mm, yeah, quite quite possibly. Um, yeah, I, I mean, he's he's a, he's definitely a very influential figure, and I think he's very well respected. I mean, thing is, he even you know he he's he was quite respected as a filmmaker even before Star Wars, but people mm. saw this as such a huge risk, which um, obviously in hindsight it kind of feels a bit crazy. But yeah, I mean, one of his his second or one of his first films was pretty much a vanity project. I mean. I mean, who does, who does that? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe you're talking about um, everyone's favourite George Lucas film, THX 1138. Well, no, no, I mean, like, Star Wars was one of his... Oh, right, yeah, I see. Sorry, was, sorry. You know, it was one of his first... I know he did films before that, but it is one of his first films, but, you know, it, it, it is a vanity project, and it didn't have much backing. He, you know, it, it was done on a very small... Bu- budget so when you put all that into consideration it's it's amazing how the film and characters like darth vader have you know stood the test of time really yeah absolutely i think he um i i think he was absolutely um fantastic in doing in doing that so he deserves a lot of credit for all the you know shit people give him uh, something we forgot to mention, which we better get to before we're we're massacred for for not bringing it up, is the the Darth Vader breathing. Mm, oh yes, yeah. Oh, my God, I forgot all about it. I mean, how how um how vital do you think that is? Uh, it's a, it's as vital as everything else. It's it, you know it's synonymous with the character um, on the on the prequels when they first introduce this um vader in his costume the first thing you hear is that um infamous breathing isn't it 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes you hear in another appearances on screen, it's sort of you you hear the breathing before you see the character sometimes, but you know instant. But it's so recognisable, you know instantly um, who it is. Hmm. Yeah, I, I. It's weird how um, you know. It's, it's weird how kind of iconic that's become. But yeah, they did it with some sort of underwater scuba gear or or something and oh, is it? Okay. they might have mixed it with something else i can't remember the exact process now i did i did i did research it a while back out of interest but yeah oh, okay. it's I mean, just yeah. like this i mean i can't do it very well but again that's been sort of <laughs> that's sort of been parodied and um mm. sort of used again and again I mean, I, I guess uh, something that kind of just shows how big it was. I mean, the parody of Star Wars Spaceballs was hugely successful as well. Mm. I mean, we never made a second one, but the fact there's still like an, an appeal to that, and the fact that people still want that, I think that kind of says a lot. Mm. Do you think the, 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 the breathing adds to his fear factor? Do you think he would have been less scary without that, that breathing? Hmm. <sighs> It's hard to tell. You know, maybe, maybe because it feels very. Yeah, there's, I think there's something very enigmatic about the. Yeah, some yeah, other, yeah. almost otherworldly about it, isn't it? I think it. I think it definitely. I think it definitely adds, adds the character and the, mm. the fear factor. It's very uncanny as well. Mm. Let's say. So I think I think we've gone quite in depth for that. Do you think it's time to move on to to our ratings? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a very good idea. Carl, would you would you like to go first? Okay, so shall we start with power? Sure, sounds good. Good, good to me. I mean, uh, it's it's a nine or a ten for me. I mean, he's got control of the force. I mean, we see him on um, Empire Strikes Back most noticeably when he when he uses his sort of force power to to choke. Um, mm to choke the uh this sort of crew on the star destroyers because if you failed me again and yeah. kills them with this choking power that, that even having to touch them or or get off <laughs> <laughs> and not you know, not only that he, he seems pretty he seems almost impervious and he's great with the lightsaber as well so uh, i think i think i'm gonna have to go for a 10 you know Okay, yeah, I think that's completely fair. I think I'm going to go for a nine. I mean, it's very difficult to kind of define um, a power, to be honest. But I mean, you know, if if we're going uh, I, again, I don't know if I'm kind of burying my system with this, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think nine. So I, I, it could easily easily be either of them. Um, so yeah, I, I think personally, I'm going to go for nine. Um, but next one, um, I think it's going to be a bit of a divisive one between us. I'm going for complexity of character. Okay. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a tough one. I think I'm going to go for seven. And I, I feel almost bad for saying that. Why, why, why only a seven then? I say seven because I, I feel like the prequel trilogy kind of Although it added a lot of depth to him, I feel like it was very mishandled, and I think it kind of made him less of an intriguing character. I don't think I don't feel like it really added to his character. I feel like the enigmaticness 
was not worth wasting in terms um you know, yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, I, I, I'm going to go an eight. I think there is a lot of depth of the character mm. there, but but as you say, it it was it was a bit mismanaged and and bungled in in the films. Yeah, um, I, I I could very easily go and you could have and like you say, you you could have also done without it as well. There was something about him being an enigmatic uh, character that sort of adds to him in a way in some in some it takes away but with vader i think it kind of added to him yeah you can't deny there is some interesting stuff there which i do enjoy so so for me it's an eight but it's definitely not top marks yeah i I could have very easily gone for an eight i think if it was the prequels alone i mean if it was the normal original original trilogy by itself i probably could have gone for a nine Mm. in, in, in all honesty um, so, what, 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 what category are you choosing next? Uh, I'll go fear. Okay. Um, he definitely struck fear into my heart as a as a child, and that was that aesthetic and that breathing. He's clad all in black. He's he's super powerful, especially in the first couple of films. He's super evil. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I don't know, I'm gonna go for a nine in that because. I think he is a super scary, imposing figure. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go for a nine as well. I don't know if that's just because um, I, you know, I, I don't know if that's just because I arrived to Star Wars quite late as well. But I mean, he's a very imposing and scary figure, but I don't think he, ne- he never truly terrified me. Mm. Um, that's, so I, I, that's kind of fair. Yeah, so I guess um, I guess linking to that, I guess we go with the aesthetic. And I think aesthetic wise, I, I think I'm going to go for a 10. Yeah, I think I am. I, I don't think you can really fault the design. It's it stood the test of time, and mm. it it is the ca- the aesthetic is the character. The aesthetic is the character, basically, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So um, if that makes sense. So that's ten from both of us. And I, I think the last one. I think it's, I, I think this must be ten as well for um, impact and pop culture. I assume that's ten from both of us. Got to be, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that leaves no, our I mean. character with a score of ninety-two. Which is that's, far and away our biggest. Um, yeah, um, that's going to be. I think that's going to be quite tough to beat. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm thinking about ones coming up, and I'm. I'm. It's difficult to see who's going to beat it. Um, maybe the maybe the Joker could could push him, but mm. uh, we'll. I mean, we'll get onto that when we get onto that. There, there's going to be one category that will certainly let the Joker down I, I would imagine but yeah absolutely do you, do you remember what um the Daleks got uh, was it 78 they, 79 I think it was 79 okay I'm going to make a note of that as well just so we it, it's sort of complexity of character that really let the Daleks down yeah other than, da- <laughs> other than Davros they don't they don't really they don't really have one they're just out to destroy everything really yeah, it's weird kind of seeing the comparison between both the Daleks and Vader as well. There's, there's, there's a small kind of. They've both got iconic. They both have got iconic looks. They've both they've both stood the test of time for you know Darth Vader's pushing on. Got to be pushing on for fifty years now. The Daleks over fifty years. So you know they they they've been iconic videos for all of mm. our our lifetimes and beyond. Yeah, and I, I mean they're both fantastic villains in their own way. But we have a new leader of the leaderboard. Vader mm. is number one. Bom bom ba bom bom ba bom. 
<laughs> I mean, I think we know what song has to play us out if um yeah if we, yeah. If we get away at least. <laughs> I'll certainly be making that suggestion um, to our editor when it yeah when they get sent over. I mean, I mean, yeah. he, he has enough work already, but you know, hopefully um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll be nice. Well, um, if he doesn't, if he doesn't do it correctly, I'll just uh, I'll just have to force choke him. So, so you know, he's got no choice. Oh, but I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll like that. Um, <laughs> excuse me. You've um, got to. You've got to get some it in, haven't you? Yeah, I, 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 my my gimmick has to come through sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, mate, mate, what 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 are your plugs? Okay, well, um, to sort of correspond with this, uh, me me and Reese are going to be doing a a podcast for the Mandalorian. Um, so that. When this comes out, that won't be far behind it, I shouldn't think, unless it's released beforehand. So make sure to look out for that. Um, as me, Reese and Nathan will be looking back at the, the Mandalorian program, episode by episode. Um, we've got our Bantam Unit podcast. Um, there's wrestling podcasts out there. Um, so just yeah, make sure you check out the whole Rogue Opinions back catalogue basically on Anchor, Spotify, and all good podcasting platforms. And you can find us at Rogue underscore Opinions on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find me at Carl uh, Carlos underscore Fire eighty on Twitter and Instagram as well. And Liam. Yeah, um, I, I, don't, I don't want to take away from this ready plug. So uh, if you haven't heard of Star Wars before and want to learn, learn more, if, somehow, um, you can follow Star Wars on Twitter at Star Wars and Star Wars UK. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Liam. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs>